Hi, I'm Michael Cashew. And I'm Adi Cashew, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development. Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships. We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. up hey welcome back guys thanks for joining us today today we're going to answer a number of your questions uh, if you don't know what we're talking about we have a spot where you can leave voicemails for us and ask us any question that you want usually they're in the realm of nutrition personal development relationships fitness that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so we have a number of them today that have been submitted by members of the audience and we're going to answer them on the show yeah, I'm so excited. Before we get into that, if you haven't done so already, we would really appreciate it if you would leave a review, take some time to leave a review for us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to these. And if you really love this show, one of the best ways that you can give back to us is just by sharing this with a friend. If you have a favorite episode or something that's had a big impact on you, uh, share that with a friend and that's a way that we can reach more people and have a bigger impact with this podcast. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Anything else? Oh, if and if you want to leave a voicemail for us, if you want one of your questions asked on the show, answer, you can go answer on the show, then you can go to workingagainstgravity.com forward slash podcast, scroll down to the start recording button and leave us a nice concise message. Give us your name, where you're from, and try to be in a quiet place and then we'll answer it on the show. Yeah. All right, let's get into into this. So we're going to play the first one, and then we'll answer it. Hi, Michael and Adi. My name is Sarah. I live here in Austin, Texas, and I love, love your guys' podcasts. Um, My question to you is, how do you deal with injury even after being a full-time professional athlete? So... For example, retiring due to injury and then still dealing with that injury after retiring. And along with that, how do you shift your nutritional mindset once you have retired? Hey, Sarah, first off, thank you so much for calling in. This is a a great question and something that I think probably every single person will deal with on some level at some point, whether or not it's injury that takes them out something maybe it's just time will probably take them out of competing at a high level um, or competing in general and with that comes an identity change and Adi and I have both experienced that I experienced literally what you're talking about I stopped competing in CrossFit due to a lower back injury and I had to get surgery and it was really really challenging so this Mm -hmm. is a great question and when you say that it's something that everyone might experience in their life. I I think that it's not just for athletes and it's not just for people competing. There's going to be many times in your life where you have moments where maybe you leave a job and you go to a new job or you get fired from a job or you break up from a relationship or you get pregnant and you start a family. There's these moments in your life where there's these huge identity shifts that happen and what was working for you before or the way that your life looked before is very different than the way that your life looks now. And in terms of an injury taking you into retirement for professional athletics, 
that is a more abrupt change mm-hmm. than a slow and steady switching of jobs. So this is a really, really hard transition for sure. So what to do with the injury, especially if it's continuing after you've retired? Number one is continue, even though there are certain, let's say you, you injured your shoulder, obviously you don't want to go into the gym and do a bunch of shoulder press and things that are going to exacerbate or prolong the injury. But there are a lot of things that you probably can be doing in the gym. And so one of the things that can really help is to just figure out other things to do in the gym and to continue spending, if not the same amount, then a significant, like a significant percentage of what you were spending in the gym before. And if you're in the gym, it doesn't necessarily have to be for exercise. So it could be just spending that amount of time dedicated to your fitness because it was in a huge and important piece of your life. Uh, maybe that's for rehab or for physical therapy. I highly recommend anyone listening going through an injury to take your rehabilitation seriously. It's those moments of where the exercises are mundane and they're boring. And one of my old coaches, Travis Mash, used to always talk about the greatest in the in the world or the greatest people in life master the mundane. And I have always loved that because especially if you're younger, you think you don't think of the real repercussions of not healing an injury as the way that it should be healed. Mm-hmm. And you regret it, you know, 10, 15 years down the line when it starts flaring up again. So I highly recommend taking that rehabilitation seriously, getting um, support and help and spending the time to to really do it, even though it might be super boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you did that with your back injury. Yes, big time. And with that, a DRD mentioned, or one of us mentioned that with this comes a big shift in identity. Like we've gotten a lot of And I'm sure you can relate to this, Sarah. We've gotten a lot of our sense of validation and who, how we are perceived by others by being an athlete and being thought of as an athlete. And when that is gone, it's we have this tendency to feel like, okay, who am I now? And that can be as as simple as it is to say, that can be one of the most challenging things for us in our entire lives is this shift of identity or loss of identity. And so I really encourage you during this time to be patient with yourself. Don't rush into finding that next identity. One one habit, one pattern that I've had in my life is intensely resisting the ending of one chapter. Like when I when I got injured, I got legitimately depressed for a couple months because I was I was holding on so hard to this identity of being an athlete. And I didn't get over that hump until I found like a new obsession, which for me was to get into coaching. And I, you know, it's worked out okay for me in my life. And I think I could save myself a lot of heartache if I would just be okay in that unknown and realize that I am so much more than just one. I'm so much more than just an athlete, right? I'm a brother, a, a son, a friend, a student, like so many things. And I'm also more than just my labels, mm-hmm. which is a whole other conversation. But Try to try to be okay in the in the unknown and really be compassionate with yourself as you're like figuring out your next moves in life. Yeah. I have a couple athletes that I work with on their nutrition right now that have decided to stop competing as a CrossFit Games individual athlete. And they're going through wasn't necessarily due to an injury, but right now it's been it's been almost a year since the last CrossFit Games. And they're still having these moments of 
I I don't know if I'm motivated to work out or I'm not sure what to do and they're planting things in the garden or they're trying to go trying to get into running or trying to do all these different things and it's okay to be trying to do a bunch of different things and exploring and figuring things out and knowing that right now you just don't have to have the answers and it's actually okay to be stumbling a little bit like maybe you're sleeping in later than you would normally or you want to because you don't have training to wake up for and all of that is okay and just I would highly encourage anybody going through something like this to give yourself permission to be a little less than perfect mm-hmm. if especially if what you're coming from was more rigid more scheduled it's going to take some time to figure out what you want to do it's especially if you were so focused on one thing for a really long time. That's great advice. So what about nutrition? With nutrition, it is very similar in the sense that this is now a big change, meaning you're probably not going to have the same motivations to eat the way that you did. So meaning maybe you were you were a high-level athlete and you were eating very, very strict on the types of foods that you were eating and you were not drinking alcohol or you were not having sweets or things that would be, you know, you were just a lot more dialed in in terms of what it is that you were eating and very precise with times of eating. Who knows what it was? You probably were also eating a lot more than you want to eat now in order to maintain the body composition that you want or the body weight that you're looking for. So there's going to be a lot of changes that are happening. And I would, two things. One, I would recommend you have the discipline from being a professional athlete. So use that discipline to just pay attention to what you're eating and whether it's track your food and monitor your body weight and see what things are fluctuating so you can find a new baseline for yourself. Or just writing things down or just paying attention to the way that your clothes are fitting, just being a little bit more conscious of what you're eating instead of giving into, I'm no longer a professional athlete, but I'm still going to eat as much as a professional athlete, or I'm still going to, I'm going to use this as an excuse to just eat all the things I wish I would have eaten when I was, when I was training that way. Just because you're not a professional athlete anymore, doesn't mean you don't, you, you can't treat yourself like a professional. And You don't have to be as strict or as rigid as you were, but uh, you can still be in control of your physical health and wellness. And I think as you're going through an identity shift where there's probably a lot psychologically going on and you're going to be struggling maybe potentially with exercise, being in control of your nutrition can really help you mitigate any of the stress that comes from those other things. So it's at least one thing that you can be in control of. It's one thing that really affects the way that you feel physiologically. It affects the way that you look. It affects the way that you present yourself to others. So I would definitely monitor as many things as possible as you feel comfortable doing and also giving yourself some grace. And then the second thing I would highly recommend is actually enjoy the fact that you can be more flexible. It's kind of a cool thing that happens. You don't have to time your carbs around your workouts. You don't have to, you know, you can have a couple drinks with your friends if that's what you're into. You can be more flexible. So I would enjoy that without letting it become a detriment to you. Mm. Thank you for the question, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Hey, Adi and Michael. This is Ryan from Springfield, Illinois. And I just have a quick question for you guys. Um, Obviously not right now during the pandemic, but before this, my partner and I were alternating going to the gym every morning at 5 a.m. with young kids. That's 
really all that we can manage. And with after school activities and sports, we really couldn't work out after work. We are kind of wondering if it's really just worth to not do that and sleep or to actually try and work out. You know, working out is really our only escapes, but, um, you know, for some stress and, and health and things like that. But, you know, waking up at 4.30 every day and having a long day at work and the kids uh, also put a different kind of toll on our body. So um, what kind of advice would you have for this kind of balance? All right. Thanks. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is a great question, especially since I'm currently seven months pregnant. Plus so we're basically one week. experts in parenting. Yeah, we're definitely experts, we, but <laughs> we're definitely not. But we have thought about this a lot. And our belief currently, our current opinion on this, and I think that at least this opinion we will still hold when we have kids, is that the number one priority in terms of the pyramid of health and wellness. Physical health, yeah. Physical health. Yeah, and, mental health. Yeah, too. physical health and wellness and mental health and wellness is going to be sleep. So while we are going to have a newborn and that's going to be a really hard thing to do, the you have kids where you at least can sleep through the night. So if you're getting eight to nine hours of sleep a night, meaning you're going to bed at 8 or 9 p.m. and then you're waking up at 5 to go to the gym, then I think it's okay to go to the gym. Then you're probably getting enough sleep. And then what you can do is you can optimize your sleep environment to get the best sleep possible. So make it really dark, make it cool, um, have a little routine before you get to bed. You can but, take melatonin or magnesium and or mm -hmm. magnesium. You can have a get something like a chili pad or have a, a cool room. I think you mm -hmm. mentioned a cool have a cool room. Get invest in like non-blue light. I don't even know what the term is, like red light or something like that. That's not super bright for nighttime mm -hmm. just to help you get to sleep better. Yeah. So optimizing to get the best quality sleep that you can. But if you're getting less than eight hours of sleep, I would definitely stay prioritize sleep over getting a 5 a.m. workout. That for sure, I think in the long run is going to be the better decision. And you're going to show up better mentally, physically. And I think it is going to be healthier. It affects, yeah, sleep length and quality affects our energy levels. It affects our metabolism. It affects our hormone levels. It affects our mood, just everything. And there's so much research coming out that shows how important it is in longevity. And so even though we might not feel like we're not getting enough sleep right now, um, if we're not getting eight hours of sleep, for the vast majority of people, that's not enough. And that will have long-term consequences of yeah. some sort. For sure. And then my next thing is, so what do you do if you choose to sleep and you're not exercising? That doesn't mean that we think that you should just stop exercising altogether. We don't think that that's a great thing either. So we have been talking about a couple ideas. And one idea is that you still obviously want to prioritize your movement and your exercise because you're waking up at five o'clock in the morning with two little kids to go to the gym. So I know you're already a disciplined individual that does things like that. So there, I was thinking that you know you take your kids to after school activities so maybe it's maybe every day or something like that it might not be an option to do something with them but what about if at work you set a timer that every hour or every break that you have instead of just sitting at your desk or eating your lunch at your desk you get up and you do some type of movement like if you're in a building you could take the stairs or um, if you do 10 burpees or you know, like 10 burpees every hour or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that where you get up and you're accumulating movement over the day, especially if you're in a sedentary job, you're prioritizing your sleep, but you still want to get in that movement. Trying to find ways to incorporate movement throughout the day 
and it doesn't necessarily have to be this one hour block of exercise. I think that we think we just have to go to the gym for an hour. And if we don't go to the gym for an hour, then we're not working out for the day. But you can just move throughout the day and that can accumulate to equal your exercise for the day. And that's just, I think that's just as great. And maybe it's not the most fun thing to do because it's more fun to go to the gym and do a class and it's maybe more motivating. But I feel like it would still give you the benefits that you're looking for in terms of energy and health and vitality and um, also feeling disciplined, like you're taking care of yourself. So one of my ideas was to break up your workday. Yeah, there are also a lot of different apps that you can use to get really quick body weight workouts in at the house. So I'm not sure what age your kids are or if they would allow you to move for like five to 10 minutes. But there's there's an app, for instance, called Seven, which is a just a, a, a it has a whole bunch of seven minute workouts that are all body weight circuits. I'm sure there are literally hundreds of those types of things out there with timers and everything. So you might just get creative in the types of workouts that you're doing and just relax your or 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 allow yourself to do things other than just go to the gym like mm-hmm. Amelia's talking about. Yeah. And if you're if you have any of your kids with you while they're at extracurricular activities, getting them involved. There's a couple there's a bunch of um Instagram accounts that I follow where the parents are getting involved with their kids working out. I know most kids or some kids they're going to just want to do whatever their parents are doing. So if you're working out or you're and working out can look like um I there's a Savon Madisonian. I think Madison Madisonian. I don't know how to say his last name. Savon from CrossFit.com. Savon from CrossFit.com. He has, I think it's three playing brothers, is the Instagram account or something like that. And they just go into their gym and they have a bunch of gymnastics equipment and they just jump around and they jump from thing to thing and jump through hoops or climb this and that. And it might be fun to do that. And that's getting in some type of exercise for you as well um, and getting them involved. So maybe they're not going to want to do a CrossFit workout with you and that might be um, boring for them, but they could, or they might want to, but trying to do anything that involves them would also be pretty cool. Thanks for the question, man. Thanks. Hi, this is Juanita from Ohio. First of all, I just want to thank you guys for what you share on the podcast. I have enjoyed listening to every episode. I have gotten a lot of helpful information. I am currently working with a coach that's not from WAG, but she has been helping me with my macros. I have not been able to lose weight. Um, I have cut back on my macros significantly since I started. She has helped me immensely with just taking my eyes off the scale, not focusing on losing weight, but um, measuring my success by how I feel, how I look, how I measure, how my PRs in the gym have gone up since I started. Um, But I guess my question for you guys is, does stress keep you from losing weight. I am currently going through a divorce and the stress levels in my life are extremely high. So I look forward to um, hearing what you guys have to say about that. And I appreciate any input that you guys have. And yeah, that's all I have. Thanks. Thank you, Juanita. Uh, First off, we're so sorry to hear about your divorce. Um, That is never 
a real positive thing to hear. So thank you for your vulnerability and for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. Can stress make it harder to lose weight or can it affect weight loss? Uh, absolutely, it can. To make a, a really complex topic really simple, it affects first and foremost your, uh, your hormones and your internal environment. And it can make it to where no matter how dialed in, even if your nutrition and exercise are completely dialed in, it can really stall your progress or sometimes it can even prevent you from making progress at all and, and make you take steps back. And psychological stress is kind of similar to physical stress in the body in a lot right. of ways. So your your body can be thinking that it needs to fight or flight and therefore it's holding on to the resources that it needs. I've definitely seen people being in stressful situations just not understand. They have like a couple really stressful days, huge fluctuation on the scale, whatever happened passes and then things mellow out again. Um, so definitely a super complex thing that we can't talk about within the next two minutes, but um, it definitely can be affecting your weight loss. I do also want to say that it isn't necessarily the answer, meaning if I get a hold of my stress, I therefore will lose the weight that I'm looking to lose. So I don't want to say that like that is the reason why um, what's going on with you is going on with you. Mm -hmm. One thing stress can also affect is your quality of sleep how long you're sleeping, your ability to sleep. Sleep is also a huge thing that can uh, make weight loss more difficult. Um, so that's something to look into as well. Cool. And then I, like there's some so many secondary side effects that happen mm. from being stressed. So if you do get stressed, a lot of the other things around it are going to get – if you manage your stress, a lot of the other things around it are going to get a lot easier, uh, meaning your sleep might get a lot better. Or – a lot of times when we're stressed, we eat to cope with the emotions of being stressed. And even you, it, maybe you're eating different things that you would normally be eating that are more comforting and that's maybe not like the best that your body reacts to the best. You might be eating less some days because you're just too stressed to eat. So then you eat more the next day. Uh, it might be adding stress to you to track your food so diligently and you're already going through a stressful time so it's adding stress and maybe that's causing you to be a little bit more lax or a little bit more flexible on a couple things but no matter what is inhibiting you from losing weight and I love that your coach is helping you feel better about just not focusing on the scale and feeling noticing your measures of progress in other ways no matter what you're going through a really stressful time and a divorce is a really hard thing to go through no matter how you spin it, even if it's a positive thing in the end, just the being in the throes of it is really hard. So I love that your coach is already helping you be a little bit more compassionate with yourself and find other ways to measure progress. And this is a great time to try and focus on how can I manage my stress? What can I focus on that can, you know, keep me present? So stress is generally coming from some place of wishing something was different or worrying about the future or worrying about the past or dwelling instead of just being here right now. And as many times as you possibly can, if you can just take a moment and think, I'm okay right now. And sitting where you are right now, take a deep breath and know that you're okay. And working on just being present can help you far beyond just weight loss, it can help you in so many different ways. And that's something that I would lean into right now. Amen. 
Thanks again, Juanita. Appreciate it. And thank you listeners for joining us today. If you want one of your questions answered on the show, remember you can go to the website and leave us a quick message and we'll answer it right here. Thanks guys. Later. Thanks for joining us. Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.